Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where each day we're looking at the Word of God. We're studying the Bible. Our desire is to know God, to know what He has told us in how to follow Him. So we're studying the Word of God. We're working our way right now through 1 John. We're in chapter 5, the final chapter of 1 John. Today is episode 42, and we're looking at 1 John 5, 9, and 10. Let's read the passage. If we accept human testimony, God's testimony is greater because it is God's testimony that he has given about his Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony within himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony God has given about his Son. Well, John's been talking about believing, that we're called to believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God. And is saying that there's there's evidence, there's testimony. Uh, the passage I just read, there are five times he uses the word testimony. Is it's a it's a major thing here. There's evidence, reasons to believe. It's not just a blind faith, but it's fa- based on reason, based on testimony, based on evidence. And so he's making the argument here that God Himself has testified. He talked last time about the evidence for believing that Jesus is the Son of God was this threefold witness, the Holy Spirit, the water, and the blood. And now he's saying, you know, if we accept human testimony, which we do, we determine the truthfulness of something, such as in a trial, somebody's guilt or innocent based on the testimony of witnesses. And if all the witnesses say the same thing, we say, that must be true. We accept this human testimony. He says, if we do that, why would we not accept God's testimony? Because God is obviously greater than we are. So if God himself testifies, that carries a whole lot more weight than any testimony that people would give. And he's saying that God's testimony is greater, and it's God himself that is testifying about his own son. So he's testifying about something that's very personal to him and that he has the most knowledge about. So God has testified. Now, how? He's already referred to what this testimony is. It's the the water, the blood, and the spirit. The water and blood are referring to the baptism of Jesus and the death of Jesus. That is Jesus's earthly ministry, which began at his baptism and ended at his crucifixion. So we're dealing with the historical reality. These things really happened. There really was a man, Jesus, who is the Son of God, who is the Christ, who lived among us, who was baptized and died on a cross and rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. That's a historical reality. That is evidence. And we know about it from human testimony. But God's the one behind this. It actually happened. It's a a reality, a historical fact. And so God's testimony is in the historical reality of what actually happened but also the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit testifies, we talked about that last time, through the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is behind the Bible. The Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the Bible to write the Bible. 
the Holy Spirit supervised the preservation of the Bible through the ages. And it's under the Holy Spirit's guidance that we actually read the Bible. So the Holy Spirit speaks through the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit speaks directly to our hearts. So the Holy Spirit, this testimony from God, it's a Word of God aspect and it's a heart aspect. God has spoken, and we either believe him or we don't. And in verse 10, he says, The one who believes in the Son of God has this testimony within himself. Now, what's he saying here? He's talking again about the Holy Spirit. Those who believe, those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God and place their faith in him, receive the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit does speak to our hearts. The Holy Spirit gives us that internal testimony that what we believed is true. We come to faith through believing the gospel. And when we believe the gospel, place our faith in Christ and experience forgiveness of sin and adoption by God, then the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us and the Holy Spirit speaks to us at a heart level. And the Holy Spirit assures us that what we believed, how we came to faith, is indeed true. So that's what it means here when it says the one who believes in the Son of God has this testimony within himself. So that's the one who believes. Then he turns around and says, but the one who does not believe, and specifically does not believe God, has made him a liar. That's a pretty powerful statement right there. If you're not believing what God has said, you're calling God a liar. And he goes on to explain that because he's not believed in the testimony God has given about his son. So the challenge is, do we believe what God has said? Now, if we talked in, in the past, that is the big lie. It goes back to the Garden of Eden when sin first enters the stage is the disbelief of what God has said. That's how Satan tempted Eve when Satan said, well, you're really not allowed to eat of that tree? And Eve said, well, no, God said we can't do that. And then Satan comes back, did God really say? And that's the big lie. Did God really say? To cause us to doubt what God has said is where we fall into sin, where we get into trouble. That's the big lie. Now, some would say, how do I know God has said? You talk about the historical reality of Jesus. Well, what if I have trouble believing in that historical account? And the, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, I don't believe the Word of God. Well, some things to think about. Do you believe there's a God? And that's a fairly simple question. It's a yes or no question. Do you believe there's a God? And for someone who says no, there's not a whole lot you can do with that other than show that you believe in God and it's a reasonable belief. Um, maybe challenge them to think about the human testimony into the historical reality of Jesus, the historical reality of Jesus' death and resurrection. That's how I came to faith was I became convinced that that all was historically true. And if it's really true, if there really was a guy named Jesus who really did all those things, really did say all those things, really did die on a cross and really did rise from the dead, that pretty much proves there's a God behind it all. And so the challenge, is there a God? 
Most people believe there is a God. They may not believe the Bible, they may not believe in Christ, but they believe there's a God. And so the next question would be, has this God spoken? That is, has this God revealed himself? And if so, how? And if not, what are you left with? If this God has not revealed things about this God, then what are you basing your belief in? What do you know about this God other than what you've made up yourself? Because all you can know about this God is what this God has revealed to us. And so how has this God revealed himself? Well, for those of us that are followers of Christ, we say God's revealed himself through the Bible, through the Word, through the Holy Spirit. And that's why we believe the Bible, the Word of God. Now, many people, many people believe the, the Bible is corrupt, that there are parts of it which might contain the Word of God, but much of it is just human origin, that uh, the Holy Spirit really didn't have much to do with this. It's a bunch of people over time who wrote down their best guesses about God or their own interpretations of what was going on. And so it's very much polluted with the, the culture and misunderstandings of the day. In which case, you're back to we're, we're left with what we come up with. Because if you can't believe the Word of God, then again, what do you have to go on? And the answer is nothing. And so that's why smart people throughout the, the ages have decided to up to them to determine what in the Word of God is true that we can actually believe, and it always matches what they believe. Because if you gave me the Bible and said, okay, I don't know really what's true in here. What do you think is true? It's going to match what I think. And I become then the judge of truth, not God. And so I believe the Word of God is from God, that the Holy Spirit did supervise the writing of the Bible. The Holy Spirit has supervised the protection of the Word of God through the ages. That the, the Word of God we have now so closely matches that which the Holy Spirit inspired the writers to write down that it's very reliable. And I can trust it. If I can't, then I really don't have anything to go on other than myself. At that point, I'm placing myself in the position of God. So John's calling this person out. Okay, if you don't believe what God has said, well, he's using strong language, and you're calling God a liar. Few people would do that today. What they just say is, I don't believe that God said that. In which case, you're left with nothing other than what you can come up with on your own. Well, the good news is God has spoken. God has revealed himself. God has revealed himself through history. God has revealed himself through nature. God has revealed himself through his word, through the testimony of his people, through the Holy Spirit. And God continues to reveal himself. And he uses us in that process, reveal himself through the gospel to a lost world around us. And so back to the big lie. Has God really spoken? Yes, he has. And he's given us some very clear instructions. Here in the first John, he's uh, talking about what it means to be followers of Christ. And will we follow Christ? That is, will we do what God has said? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue to work our way through first John.